Feeling unknown and you're all alone. Flesh and bone by the telephone. Lift up the receiver, I'll make you a believer. Hello there, how are you doing? My name is Alan Crew, and what you just heard was a snippet of one of our favorite songs from Depeche Mode, which the baby boomers will surely have recognized, Personal Jesus. Reach out, touch faith. Remember? Those lyrics are directly connected to today's episode. So do you find yourself wanting to move forward and onward with life, only to be dragged back into the past, and in one way or another, relieving a specific event or series of events? Or maybe something or someone in your environment makes it difficult for you to move on. Sometimes it can feel that no matter how much we want it, even years after something happens to us, we just can't get past it. And this is the topic of today's episode, with our section called Reach Out, in which myself and my two favorite co-hosts, Amy Dongin and Devi Kusardi, are exchanging our thoughts, feelings, and experiences, along with tools to better navigate the rocky shorelines of our lives. Small disclaimer, today's episode involves a past childhood traumatic experience from a listener. And although we do not at any point discuss any of the details, graphic or not, some people may find themselves triggered. So be sure to check in with yourselves first. If you're good to go, just kick back and enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Likuliku podcast. It ain't funny after all. It is the place where we discuss the deeper, less comfortable experience of being human, and we relate with one another to understand how to better live in a world that has stopped making sense. Hello everyone, you're listening to Reality Bites with Amy D in collaboration with the Liku Liku podcast. My name is Amy Dangin. And I'm not doing this alone, thank God. <laughs> Let's welcome my co-hosts, Devi Kusardi. Hello, Devi. Hey, Amy. Hello, everyone. And Alan Karu. Hi, Alan. Hi, guys, and uh, hi, everyone who's listening. Glad to be here. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us, and hopefully everyone's feeling somewhat regulated in spite of whatever's happening outside. For everyone's information, this podcast is uh, an, was an idea conceived as a way to create a space where we can talk about our human experiences, especially the less comfortable ones and the ones that we don't really feel okay talking about outside. This podcast yeah. is available on Spotify and Anchor, and you can also find us Likuliku Center for Creative Therapy on Facebook and Likuliku Creative on Instagram. And if you are tuning in from Anchor, that's also a good idea to leave us a message where you can leave us a message there. Um, even if you want to leave uh, write, write into us a letter, because we have this segment that we call the Reach Out segment, which we are doing today. Um, this is a segment where listeners friends and strangers alike write into us bringing up issues, experiences, stories or topics that we may struggle with um, in learning how to be humans. 
So we have a letter today from Diane, and I believe Devi has it. Maybe Devi can read this letter out loud so we can together try to make yeah. sense of it and help our listeners. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, first of all, thank you, uh, Diane, uh, for writing to us. Mm. Uh, so here it is. She says, hello, Liku Liku. I have been sexually abused when I was very young. In my religion and culture, we were told that we should always forgive and love everyone. A religious school counselor I confided in when I was 10 told me that time heals everything and that if I prayed more, I would have more love and inner peace and I could forgive easily. But the older I get, the more hatred I have, not mm. just for him, but for the adults that were supposed to protect me from him. I do want to forgive and have love and inner peace in my life, but I just can't, and I hate myself for that. Why am I becoming such a horrible person? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Um, we're letting that sink in for a second. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of stuff in there that we can talk about in one episode. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Or definitely. maybe more Probably, than one. Maybe more than one um, episode. Yeah. <laughs> maybe definitely more than one. Yeah. But um, I can see the, the main topic here revolves around uh, forgiveness a lot, right? Around accepting what yeah. happened to her. Yeah. So how, how do you both relate? Do you want to share? I mean, we hear sexual abuse in the early part of the letter. And maybe a lot of people will think that this is going to be about sexual abuse per se. Um, but what I felt coming more from Diane in the letter was, yeah, that part where she struggles with accepting and forgiving yeah. what happened to her or herself. Like there's a lot of suppressed stuff right emotionally for what happened to her i think in a way i felt like that part bothered her more than the event or the crime itself what do you think yeah. alan yeah i'll go with you on that one um i i also felt the same i mean there's quite a few different themes in there but yeah obviously it's the first one i mean it hits us first sentence you know i was sexually uh, abused mm. you know right yeah. from the get-go but it feels like there's been some digestion and progress done and um it really feels like the the sticky sticky point is at the forgiveness part because it's it's um it's about relationships with others how how do i live in a society in which other people tell me something that I don't want to do or I can't do or I'm not ready to do, something like that. Mm. Mm. How about you, Devi? Um, yeah, I just, I, I, I'm still stuck. I can't get over um, this part where she said um, that 
uh, we were told. So in my religion, so in Diane's religion and culture, she was told that she should always forgive and love everyone. Mm, that part so we, too. We're, yeah, that kind of stuck with me. Um, you know, we're talking about someone who's been sexually abused. And she said the she, when she was 10, she, confi- she confided, right, uh, with a religious school, religious school counselor. So that was so long ago. Yeah, which means mm. maybe the abuse I must mean, ha- have do happened. Do we know how... How well, old Diane is, yeah. Yeah, we, we don't know. We I don't, mean, 10 we don't know. until when? Yeah, we don't know how, how old Diane is. But yeah, um, so when she was 10, I'm not sure how long ago that was, you know, she did confide in someone. And I sense that she uh, was just being brushed off, mm. you know, for lack of a better phrase. Somebody Not, just brushed her off, like, oh, time will heal everything. Mm. You know, I mean, we're talking about sex, sexual abuse here. So, well, I'm exactly. Not sure. I mean, I feel, you know, that specifically yeah. because it's a hard topic, you get brushed off. And that's something that I, I kind of forgot to say. But um, why it's so difficult? It's because the part where you're in a community in which you get accepted and where where you heal together with the help of others, if that piece is missing, that's what makes them so hard, and that's that's why sometimes these things just never really heal. Right. So yeah. time time to me is like yeah, of course time is a great is a great healer, but in the right conditions. And so that's why I want to relate to, I, I don't have a similar experience to Diane, but I can relate in the sense that there are some things that are not well digested because the, the, the people around us were not really helpful in that process. Yeah. I mean, I could relate to that part as well. You know, I grew up in a community where the religious and cultural beliefs are held so strongly. And and part of it is sex or um, anything that is uh, sexually related is treated as taboo topics. Like you don't talk about these things. And Mm. I remember being a child, just listening to Diane. Um, Thank you again, Diane, for opening up to us about your experience that must be difficult it's not easy especially if you grew up in a community like that I can relate in a sense where as a child you know you have um, maybe questions or confusions in regards to your sexuality um, and growing up but the moment you try to bring it up with the people around you your parents teachers you get told, ah, it's nothing, don't, it's, it's okay, don't talk about it, you know, or they entice you with some form of distraction, <laughs> like religion. I mean, like, um, because it's, I can imagine that it's uncomfortable for them to talk about it. Oh, very, yeah. yeah it's a touchy yeah. and sticky subject and no one wants to carry the way of having to maneuver around this sticky subject. Like, uh, I'd rather not go through that discomfort. Let's just not deal with it. You know, don't think about it. Don't talk about it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So a lot of suppression happened as a result of that. 
Yeah, suppression for sure, because that relates to, I mean, I can understand, um, Diane, that it's hard for you to forgive because she Mm. said, I just hate the person. It's actually bringing her now um, to a stage of hatred, right? Mm. So there's still a lot of resentment and anger um, toward the other person, Mm. you know? In, in probably in addition, most probably in addition to all the other feelings that she has um, uh, suffered all these years, you know, shame, perhaps guilt, you know, it's, it's usually there in, this, uh, in these cases. Yeah. So how do we forgive? Yeah, how yeah. do we forgive in this um, situation? Well, I think uh, there's a bit of complexity in here um, because usually, uh, statistically speaking, we don't have all the information, but usually those kinds of things happen not too far from your family circle or friends. Mm. Because for something that's serious to happen undercover, it has to happen not too far from you. Right, unless it's a it's an isolated event that is happening one time, and you know it's it's terrible, right? It's still a, a horrific thing, but if you add another extra layer of uh, problem and pain because it's done by somebody who's within the circle of the trusted people, mm. then you 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 have something really really uh, negative. For a person, and if on top of that you add that it happens at an early age because she confided when she was ten, which means that it must have happened before she was ten, you're obviously not completely uh, fully formed in the way that you see yourself and the world at that age, and so mm. that can cause a lot of damage. And so it's. To me, Diane, when I hear you and you have this kind of a hatred, I I want to be accepting of you and how you feel because why wouldn't you feel angry towards people who, who should have protected you mm. and didn't? And I don't know, but in some cases, and I'm going to talk from my perspective of the cases that I've heard and that I've helped, that... Um, it's not just brushing it off. Sometimes the perpetrator will still be allowed in the circle. Oh, yeah. That, that is the most horrific feeling. That it's not just brushing it off. It's just, can't you see what this person has done? Like, mm. you're allowing this to be okay. What about me? What does that yeah, say yeah. about me? You know, yeah. and who would not feel angry in that situation? Right. Oh, yeah. And like children have basic fundamental needs. Right. And one of them is safety. So yeah. doing that is like not only is this child not getting what she, um, she needed. Requires, yeah. What she requires. Yeah. Child. Yeah, yeah. As a child. She's also being continuously exposed to the danger, to that unsafetyness. We're, we don't know yes. yet. We don't know anything about that. Yeah, that, that is a speculation on my part because of what mm. I know of the statistics and whatever. But it's for anybody who's listening, we're, 
we're expanding the subject because for some people it may have happened within the extended family circle or friends and stuff like that. Yeah. Right? yeah. And uh, just to be clear, uh, what I'm talking about really here, and we won't spend too much time because I don't think that's what the, the meat of the topic is for today, which is more forgiveness, but uh, when it's trauma, right? From the get-go, this is, this is traumatic kind of uh, event, traumatic stress. But it's not, a, it's not simple trauma because it usually happens within the circle of the people that should have been protecting us. So there's trust uh, issues that can develop from there. And she realized that, yeah, she clearly yeah. states that. So the yeah, people were supposed to protect me from him. Yeah. Awareness. Sorry, Alan. Yeah, there is a sense of awareness there. And, yeah. um, and sometimes if it happens... Uh, close to where we live, right? That means it has a potential for this not to be just a single event. Right. Mm. We don't know that again. So I'm not, so there's a high possibility for this to be what we call complex trauma. It's not simple. Yeah. yeah. And, and the worst part is, <laughs> I think the worst part is because it's, it has always been brushed aside as unimportant seemingly unimportant by our com by the community and by the people uh, surrounding that, that Diane is surrounded with mm. you have how to say uh, you have no way of processing what happened properly it's being brushed aside and the worst thing is you blame yourself for what happened yeah very common that's, yeah that's i think that's the worst thing and uh, that's why it's important. I mean, Diane mentioned it in her letter. She finds it difficult. Normally, when we are being uh, cranky, being um, frustrated, when we are being unforgiving <laughs> towards other people or towards the smallest things, towards mm. the pettiest things, it means we are unforgiving towards ourselves at the core of it, right? There's some things in ourselves that we are not um, being Accepting. able to accept. Yeah, yeah. And, and forgive. And this is where it's interesting to steer this conversation towards what Alan mentioned, uh, trauma, complex trauma. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, like um, Alan, coming from your background, is a trauma-informed uh, therapist. therapist yeah. How does this, uh, how can we go into the root of what caused, what, what may have caused this unforgiving Ness, unforgiving is I'm creating words as I go by. <laughs> it's okay. There's a, there's still room in dictionaries, so <laughs> right. Being a little bit lighthearted because the the topic is a bit heavy, right? It is, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you you made a very very good point, uh, Amy. That you know one of our core needs is safety, and then you have a person who's being torn between choosing to trust or not to trust the group that is supposed to help. It's like outside is not safe, but inside is not safe. Mm. So where, like, how do I find my safety? Right. And so I want to normalize. That's what we say. Normalize is that Diane, don't think that what you're feeling is out of the norm and there's something wrong about you because that's usually what's uh, happening. Yeah. Yeah. The, we're we're 
we make meanings out of events very mm. quickly. And the, the, the more severe they are and the deeper the cut, right? And the slower the healing of the wound. So I really want you to just take a breath with this and just say, you know, there is nothing wrong with the way that I feel and think about the people around me. Mm. It's totally normal. Mm. And it's also normal that you're torn and that you want to find some kind of relief in, in, in being torn between, between two things. Should I trust? Should I not trust? I hate myself for not being what people are telling me that I should do. But at the same time, these people, I don't know if I can rely on them and, and I should follow what they say because this is what happened when, when the event happened to me. Right? So indecision and, and self-blame and things like that are totally par for the course. And that's a really good first step to me. It's just don't beat yourself up at the time if you mm. can help it, right? But yeah. I think we should uh, we should uh, table the, the 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 trauma part for another another section and just really focus on what she's struggling with because we're here to help, right? Mm. So. Yeah. What do you what do you guys feel about this this topic of uh, forgiveness and it feels very loaded to me. It's not like a simple word that you just say and it will come with no, no attachments. <laughs> no, it's very forgive and forget. It's a, they always it's a multi. Say. It's a multi-step uh, process, right? Mm. Definitely several layers there that we need to um, address. So I think uh, I feel that Diane, it would be good if. Um, I wonder if you've already processed this or somebody has already helped you through this and and kind of help you define what it what it means to forgive. What does forgiveness mean, right? Mm. So um does forgiveness mean that the uh this horrible um thing that has been done to you by somebody else, right? This this abuse that has been done to you and you are the victim here. Does that mean that the abuser is scot-free? You know, it's not to be blamed. Does it mean that this is not a crime? You know, mm -hmm. so I feel that um, you can still in some ways find forgiveness, but not, it does not mean you're releasing the abuser of his, if you want to call it, since you brought a religion and tradition and this is where you come from, from his sins, okay? You don't have to. It's not your job. I feel that it's not our responsibility, right, as somebody who's been abused to release um, the abuser's sin, okay? So yeah. I think that's, that's, that's really important there. Mm. Yeah, it means you don't have to necessarily uh, reconcile with the abuser. And if you have had to do that out of, um, uh, and not being willing to do that, like you've had, you were put into that uh, situation all these years where you had to still relate, continue to relate and have a relation to the abuser, I am so sorry for that. Okay, and you definitely do not have to forgive 
that part either. Mm. Yeah. So I think it's 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 important to understand what it means uh, to forgive. Yeah. Yeah, because a lot of a lot of us actually got that misunderstood, mis misconceptions surrounding what it means to forgive. People say, forgive and forget. You know. Um, using there's this it reminds me of this quote i think it was uh from buddha uh where you know having revenge or having anger uh, in your heart towards someone is like clenching um a piece of coal in your own hands yeah uh, you know so it's more like burning yourself down or eating yourself up inside thinking about and getting angry and frustrated about what that person did to you so it does more damage to you than doing anything to this person that we are holding anger or uh, frustration towards and it's easier said than done um yeah i think what i would tell myself what i did tell myself in helping me recover Uh, from holding so much grudge and anger towards a lot of people that I felt uh, or realized later on in life hurt me when I was a child or as I was growing up, taking advantage of me, Mm. um, is to take your time. Like Devi mentioned, it's a multifaceted process. And that was why I felt it uh, it was good if we could link the topic of trauma into this because um, it's something that takes that could take years of work right it's a it's not the like which I'm, it's not linear I think we were also talking about this um, uh, once before that it's not linear it's different for everyone how one yeah. person does it uh, meaning to say how one person forgive or does not forgive Um the abuser, it's different for everyone. Yeah. Yeah, and I think one of the most important things is to first um, accept uh, and forgive yourself, like what Alan mentioned. Very important step to take first. And that in itself could take years um, of work. (laughs) Yeah. It's not that easy. Yeah. So forgiveness is not uh, a constant, you know, state, right? Mm, it's not mm. just uh, okay. I forgive. I'm healed. You know, no. You're you are actually suffering at every uh, level, right, of your existence, of you being here. Mm. So it comes back sometimes in a cycle, and it is okay. Mm. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I just want to add a little bit before I pass this on to Alan, um, is that now she said that she has a lot of anger and I feel, I feel that she feels really guilty about being angry, but Mm. I believe Diane, that in this case, this anger is actually a positive thing Mm. because you are done. You're, you're basically with this anger, you're saying, I am done being the victim. No more. I'm standing up for myself. I want my voice to be heard. I'm angry. You know, so it's, it's, it's actually, I'm happy when I, 
um, when I hear that, you know, it's not something, it's not a cause for you to hate yourself. Mm, yeah. yeah. And you should not definitely feel guilty about, about being angry. And I think like Alan has mentioned. So I think it's actually a, a step forward. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Normalize vulnerability. Yeah. I agree with what you're saying, Devi, because um, it, every case is always at least a little bit different, right? Or completely yeah. different. <clears throat> but yeah. but what I've what I've seen and I've heard people speak about um, in the field of uh, therapy is that you you can actually have a case in which you go into collapse. So if if your nervous system gets triggered in a way that's very fast and very uh, severe, it can bypass certain stages and go straight into shutdown, which means that um, it can take the form of you know that kid in in the class that you know it, it looks like they're they're not naughty or whatever. Like you actually prefer them because they're always silent. <laughs> And, yeah. and you don't realize that underneath it's just because the, the, it's a complete state of shutdown. Like mm. they might actually feel completely numb, uh, don't feel any pain or sensations and things like that. And so uh, that could also be part of the reason why some people cut or do self-harm because they don't feel anything, right? Yeah. And when I've seen that, uh, sometimes when, when you do the work, what happens is that people start to get out of that state slowly because you have to um, what uh, Peter Levine would call um, would call a pendulate pen pen how do you, how does he call it again titrate for sure but uh, so you don't actually uh, re-traumatize the person so you you get them to come back to their senses but if they've if they've tabled that pain for a long time because they've been numb then feeling all of it at once would be impossible, right? It would re-traumatize them. So you kind of get them back, but slowly and gently. And then what I what I felt uh, and uh, what I saw happen is that the anger starts coming back because the mm. senses are coming back online and they go like, I shouldn't have to, you know, I, I should fight this. But in many cases where there's sexual abuse and things like that, they just go limp. They just blank. They don't. And then later the, the shame and the self-hatred uh, starts to happen. I should have done something, mm. you know? So I totally agree with what you're saying with, with the anger. The unfortunate uh, side effect is that the anger is not necessarily thrown at the people who are responsible. And that can harm the person's ability to, to form good, healthy relationships. Yeah. Right. But let's just leave that for for now. I just want to recap a little bit and, and bring some clarity to what you said, David, that was really good uh, before that. I think there are three things that people tend to amalgamate together in the idea of forgiveness. It's loaded yeah. because religiously speaking, it comes with a lot of you should or you shouldn't. And I, I just want to leave that for now. I don't mm. want to be in a space in which we have or, or don't have to, okay? Black, black wanna, or white thinking, right? Yes. I, yeah. <laughs> I want to have options on the table because that's very essential to healing trauma. Yeah, yeah. There's accepting, 
that the thing happened. Don't have to like it. Just accept that it's a thing. Not run away from it, not forgetting it. Okay? And there's forgiving the person who actually did it. There's a person, right? And we have to or don't have to, it's, it's a choice. Okay? And then there's the first thing, which is condoning the act. That's the highest on the scale of what people would consider difficult to achieve when they've been on the bad end of receiving something terrible. Right? Yeah. Mm. And in some cases, we shouldn't condone no. the act no matter what. So the third one, in, in some cases, would be no. Even just for the sake of society, this is not acceptable. Mm. Okay? Mm. Yeah. The second part, which is to me completely uh, optional, is the forgiveness of the person. So Diane, that's entirely up to you. If and when you want or you're ready. It's a personal choice. It's not mm -hmm. for anybody to tell you that you have or don't have to. Okay? That's very important. But the part that I would argue is actually really essential for your well-being, not anybody else's, it's the acceptance. Yes, mm. that happened. Yes. And why I'm saying that this is important, it's because that part is the part in which the healing is. If we're not looking at something, we, we do not allow the body to help and the mind to help us to heal this event. Mm. Forgetting it will not get us anywhere. It's like saying, well, I don't have a cut in my foot and continue to, to, to walk on it with the shards being inside your, your body. <clears throat> it's obviously not going to heal very well, right? So yeah. I'm using that image and I hope that it actually makes sense. But the acceptance, it's like looking at it and just saying, okay, that sucks and that's going to hurt, but I really have to remove those shards. And it's not about the other person. It's about me. Mm. Right. Yeah. 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 And I just want to add on a little bit about, uh, again, about forgiveness um, the, the different uh, level of forgiveness also that Alan was saying, right? So basically, Alan, you were saying that the other forgiveness is almost like, I think, um, I remember it just came back to me, it's like divine forgiveness, right? This is what we learn in Sunday school, right? Or in, 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 in uh, a religion uh, setting, religious setting, right? Divine forgiveness. Mm. It's wonderful, you know, it's such a beautiful concept, like everybody is absolved from their sins, you know, no matter what. But who is divine? Divine is God. Okay, I am not God. Okay, so of course, in yoga practice, there is the divine within me. But the responsibility of absolving all sins are not on me. Right? So, yeah. So I don't, I don't have to, um, again, Diane, I think it's good for you if you were, uh, taught about divine forgiveness, if that's the level of forgiveness that you feel you have failed to do, and now you're feeling guilty about it, I just, um, I beg you, you know, not, don't, don't feel guilty about it because, uh, you are not God. It's not your responsibility to take away the sins of the world, including this um, abuser that has done yeah, this. And nor can, thing to can you. you be expected 
Like, because there's yeah. an expectation that people are saying that you should be like this. But it's not very helpful, is it, right? I mean, so if yeah. people are really trying to help you, they would do what works for you, not for them, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's, there's a, I think what you're kind of getting into, Devi, is that in a way, the forgiveness that she's asked to do would help settle the situation for everybody else's benefit but hers. Yeah. It's like, we're kind of uncomfortable with that thing that happened to you. So could you just like forget about it so we could just continue with our life? Yeah. Yeah. And I think this is what's, what's happening, right? Sacrifice yourself so that everybody else around you feels comfortable. Yeah, you're right. A lot of misconceptions to address and it's going to take time, right? One podcast isn't going to do the trick. <laughs> But uh, yeah, uh, I think it's a good time to talk about also what would be some of the things that we feel can help Diane or anybody else who's listening out there and can relate to what Diane is going through uh, in moments when we feel like the guilt or the unforgiveness is invading our uh, emotional and mental space. I mean, yeah. as we mentioned many times, the healing is going to take work. It's going to take time. And along the journey, there will be moments when guilt, unforgiveness, this feeling of not really liking ourselves or thinking ourselves as being weak, Um, being in a place of discomfort and pain, they will come in waves, right? And sometimes, yeah. speaking also from my own personal experience, we can never tell when these moments hit, um, especially because we can't control our surrounding, right? When the triggers happen, we can't control the way other people behave. And sometimes we're just brought into that place, back again in that place where we don't really like ourselves. What would be some of the tools Um, or things that we can do during those moments, maybe not necessarily uh, help us uh, solve the problem, the issue, but um, how do we help ourselves be kinder to ourselves during those moments uh, of discomfort, of pain? Um, yeah, Devi? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. For me, uh, for me, of course... Uh, you know me, you know, I like things that are uh, related to the body. Like, yeah. of course, coming back to the body. And Something that I learned from you a lot, actually. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. and then there's like uh, dance, you know, movement, creative movement. And um, also just being out in nature when mm. doing that, I think helps a lot because they are... Um, There, there are healing elements in nature. So when you're already out there, you are in a, a for me, I don't know if it works for Diane, right? So, mm -hmm. but for me, what worked for me was that, that being in a, in a place that has this healing elements, it makes me feel safe, right? Mm. So um, definitely movement and even, even like cardio dance, for example, or, or fitness, right? Mm. But the ones that is actually designed uh, or guided by a coach um, that has, that is mindfulness, that is mindfulness-based. Mm. Yeah? 
Do, mm. do you know what I mean? Like, so it it um, it's the kind of movement that that brings you back to your breath. Yeah. That allows you to slow down instead of like speeding up. You know. Mm. Yeah, and that allows you to really accept your body within that movement. So as you're not comparing, you're not having to adhere to mechanical time. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, mm-hmm. for example. Mm. You know, it can be your natural time. So mm. you can go slow, you can go fast, you can jump around, you can roll around on, on, on the ground, or you can just enjoy the moment of moving just one part of your body. So just not non-judgmental movement works best for me. But that is if Diane is a mover, right? I don't mm. know, Diane, what you are comfortable in. So if you are co- more comfortable in music, that's also an expressive art that you can, you can do. Again, do it not because you want to look skillful. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense, Amy. Like, you know, you're not trying yeah. to... Uh, not trying to perform. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. you're not performing yeah. anything to anyone. You're just giving yourself that space and time to reflect and process things. Yeah. And it's good, therefore, it's good to have a guide. It's good to have a witness it's good to have some someone there to kind of um, support you, guide you, but also most importantly, support you through that journey, one hour of movement, or even if it's like 20 minutes of movement or drumming or, yeah. Mm, yeah. Uh, a few things that I got from there, very important things to highlight and to point out. Yeah. is the difference between performing uh, and expressing, and I, I wouldn't have known the difference. I wouldn't have known how to do the most basic things in life that we can do to bring us back to the body. I wouldn't yeah. have known. I wouldn't have known these things or how to do them uh, without the help of another person, uh, other people who are further along in this journey of healing, journey of growth. Yeah. Um, yeah, if I would, if I had done things on my own or just based on YouTube videos and which I was doing for a couple of years before I actually, um, actively look for guide for therapy, for help, yeah. uh, professional help. Right. Uh, right. so yeah, it, there's a need for us to see things, uh, beyond just doing something because sometimes we get this this misconception that just because we're already doing something yoga uh, three yoga, times a week or, three yeah. times a week attending or classes dance class yeah. yeah yeah and i was like that too right just because i did <laughs> that i felt like i was doing all the work that i needed to do to heal oh yeah i i can heal already but when those moments yeah. uh, of uh, of being re-traumatized of being triggered yeah come I did not have any guidance to deal with that, to cope with that kind of days, with those kind of days where I feel at my lowest point. Yeah. So yeah, seek yeah. help. And uh, mm. I was, uh, uh, two years ago when I first started to learn all these 
tools. Um, it was hard in the beginning to even accept this idea. It was such an alien thing to me to yeah. even stop, notice the sensations in my body, to learn how to breathe properly. I mean, these are basic things of being human, right? But somehow we just forgot about it along the way and they became something that we feel embarrassed to do even. I'm, I'm speaking also yeah. from the experience of trying to uh, do these things with my kids. Yeah. I have a 12-year-old, a 9-year-old, and a 5-year-old. And I noticed that, especially for the eldest one, mm -hmm. dancing came awkwardly for him. It wasn't something that could come naturally. Like, you can't just turn on a music. You know, there's stiffness and uh, feeling like it's hard to move. Like you're uh, not allowed to, right? Yeah. Not giving yourself that, not allowing yourself that yeah. space to move. Yeah. And I remember yeah. feeling, um, attending five stages uh, and back to the body activities. I remember thinking that, oh, uh, it's a lot like um, going back to being a child, being allowed to be a child again, to do all those things that you wanted to do as a child things that yeah. you've forgotten along the way right yeah yeah so embracing that so mm. that's part of forgiveness i think for you diane try and embrace yourself in those little little things that you do in movements in every step that you make yeah in every gesture like make it for you make it allow it to help you forgive yeah mm. yep <laughs> yeah. yeah so uh time is running out and yeah. uh, hopefully that has been helpful for you diane uh and also listeners out there who could relate um a disclaimer that we need to point out is that this is no replacement for therapy. for therapy yeah yeah That's and right. as we mentioned if it's uh something that you are struggling with and you've been struggling with it for a long time there could be um, deep stuff involved, deep trauma, complex ones that you would need uh, to seek help from trauma, from trauma informed, yeah, coaches, yeah, <laughs> coaches yeah. or yeah, therapists. Mm. Yeah, you don't have to do this alone. Seek the help that you need. Yeah, reach out. Yeah, yeah, reach <laughs> out, and you can reach out to us. Maybe those of you listening in. Um, you want to write into us or you want to write a letter like Diane did, you can do so on if you're listening to us from Anchor. Uh, you can also follow us and subscribe to our page yeah. on Facebook, Liku Liku Center for Creative Therapy and on Instagram, Liku Liku Creative. Take care, everybody. Thank mm -hmm. you, Alan. Thank you, Devi. Thank you, Thank Amy. you, listeners. And don't forget to follow Amy D as well. She's too <laughs> selfless to mention herself. Yes. And thank you, Diane. Thank you once again, Diane, for, for coming and reaching out to us, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, hopefully, you tune in to us again next time. Liku Liku out. Malas, saya sialan punya muka. Always ready. Yikes. <laughs>